Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Uh, welcome to Birdland tonight. Hey, Cody's joining me. I just saw him down there. Let me bring him in here. Cody, how you doing? Josh, not too bad. Yourself? I'm glad you showed up. I thought I was going to uh, be doing this tonight by myself. It's been a while since we've done Birdland tonight. Well, you know, we don't get uh, we don't get too many chances with uh, with you know some nice wins to talk about. But uh, this was a rare occasion. Where I thought I'd join and uh, at least uh, at least uh, you know talk a little bit and uh, yeah. you see what you thought. Yeah, and I mean that's oh you even you even sent me some private chats that I just didn't pay attention to. I had some other stuff going on in my life I was dealing with during that five minute countdown. Um, yeah, I, well, I wanted to start with just saying Birdland tonight. We haven't done it in like two or three weeks. It's been we've been really bad at it. Um, so it's gonna Birdland tonight's back, and it's gonna be as much as we can do it. I like that. We're doing uh, for free. I'm gonna try to do it a bunch. But I know I'm out of town in a couple of weeks, so I know I won't be doing it then. And I don't know about you. I tried to stay up to do it for the Angel games this weekend. And the way those games ended were so, so demoralizing that I couldn't get on here. <laughs> to be fair, most of those games I was watching over a cup of coffee the next morning. Uh, but that is not a way that you want to start out your day. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's one of those things where like the Orioles – if they play well, they can keep me up late at night, and I'll stay up all night. But to to blow those games in the ninth was like, I'm ready for bed. I got to go. <laughs> this is done. Absolutely. So what did you think about tonight? What did you think about uh, uh, you know, about our new starting pitcher? Yeah, about our Watkins. Uh, it's your Watkins. Five innings, a 1.50 ERA. Um, well, is it two early for Cy Young votes, too late for Cy Young votes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, obviously I'm not crowning him that big, but I really like the kid and I like his approach. You know what my favorite thing about Watkins is? We were through five innings in like an hour and 10 minutes. He works fast. You know, he's not the, there, there's a, we've got a couple guys on the staff who work fast and uh, I, I, I too appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I love that approach. Um, part of it obviously is if you have success getting people out, the innings go by faster. And I, you know, I heard Ben McDonald mention this, that, you know, he, just his aggressiveness, uh, you know, just going after the, the strike zone. Yeah. I, I, he did start off. I think his first at bat was a walk. Uh, but I'm just you trying to pull up the stats. Tonight. Yeah. Three guys, I, two strikeouts. Uh, so a lot of contact. Um, but, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to think through the game. Um, you know who 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 really hit him hard, I, and I don't remember too many extremely hard hits or anything that was uh, you know any dangerous situations where he loaded up the bases or even got you know that first inning was really kind of it, and he worked his way out of that. Yeah. No, and and 
like I said, I was very impressed and very happy with him. I hope this is I, – I, obviously, he deserves another chance to start. He was starting in Norfolk. He looked good out of the pen over the weekend. So he deserves another chance to start. Um, it was cool to see him get his first major league strikeout. I thought he got that against the Angels, but I guess not. Um, so he – 89 pitches, 52 of them were strikes. So you got to feel good about that now. Also saying that the strike zone was extremely wide today. Much different than some of the other games that we've seen uh, recently, but but absolutely a very forgiving strike zone. Yeah. Um, so outside of him, we got to see Dylan Tate. We got to see Tanner Scott. And uh, this Wells kid is a guy that excites me also. So let's talk about this. To be to be fair, I was uh, I was a bit delayed in watching the game. Uh, share with me because uh, I saw the notification for Birdland tonight. I was guessing that you might you might be doing it solo. You might want a second. Uh, so I jumped on. I did not watch the ninth inning. I did not watch the uh, the top of the night. So so tell me. I I saw Tyler Wells warming up. I was excited to see him come in. Could this guy be a closer down the road? Uh, but I, I look at this, at the score and I see that he, uh, he had a two run home run, uh, hit by, hit by, uh, Guriel, uh, Guriel Jr. Yeah, he did. And I totally forgive that. I don't want okay. that in my closer. If it's a two run game, obviously, if you're going in for the save, but I also think you approach things a little differently at that attempt. And we have to remember and put in perspective that we're playing the blue Jays. No one hits home runs like the blue Jays. This was also a home run that outside of Camden Yards would not have been a home run. Left or right three feet, and this ball would not have been a home run. This ball hit the very edge of the out-of-town scoreboard. So all the way on the left-hand side where the wall drops to like a normal ball length, right. it went there to the point that with the TV broadcast, it was tough to tell if it was a home run or off the out-of-town scoreboard. So, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about Tyler so Wells. Was, yeah, most stadiums, that would not be a home run. Poor, unfortunate placement of that ball. Uh, so I forgive him on that. And Tanner Scott's funny to me because Tanner Scott, when he's got it, he looks so good. And when he doesn't have it, he is so bad. There's no middle ground on Scott. You know, early early in the season when, when there was so much hype about the dark night, uh, I think in, in one of my either possibly one of my podcasts, I, I made the reference that if uh, if Matt Harvey's the Dark Knight, then uh, then Tanner Scott is the, uh, the the Harvey Dent Two Face, because you know you you really get either a really good uh, relief pitcher or somebody that is just terrible, yeah. and and it's just what there's no in between. Uh, to be fair though, I feel like we saw a little bit of the in between tonight. It wasn't yeah, terrible, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't that um, that premier, um, you know, high leverage type guy that we've we have seen and we know that he has the stuff and the potential to be. Right, he got the strikeout. He also gave up a home run. He he he's we saw both with him. Um, I you know I, if, it was him. it was Vlad. I, I'm gonna you know the way that uh, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is hitting the home runs. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let that one slide a little bit. Yeah, I mean. Um... I and I'm fairly certain that was to be a home run in any ballpark in America. Yes, correct. Uh, just like when we get, I mean, let's talk about the Orioles offense because Severino's ball, he crushed that ball as well. That ball just carried. The ball was carrying today 
you know, and for as much slack as, as Severino gets, especially with his work behind the plate, it oh, I'm is not forgiving him. It's fair, fair. All of that's fair, but at, you know, at least he's the one catcher, you know, that has any major league, you know, experience for the Orioles right now that is hitting the ball. We don't see a lot other than the, the one time we saw Austin wins hit a magical grand slam. Uh, being, you know, we being, never saw much you're from kind. You're being too kind. <laughs> but you know it was, home, do you know what home run number it was for him for the year? Ooh, I don't know that. I'll give you a clue. Four. Oh, his fourth home run for the year. So don't get all excited because he got one. Fair. Fair. And he, he's only hitting 229. Um, it, which is surprising because uh, Severino had some decent numbers in 2019 as well as 2020. Uh, to be fair, I blamed him uh, solely for the reason why the Orioles did not make the playoffs because he did play so poorly in that shortened 60 game season at the very you know last 10 games. Um, but I did have higher expectations than what he's been producing now. He is he's got the power, um, but it was good to see. Um, I'm going to cheer when he does it because until we have Adley Rutschman uh, or somebody else, uh, that he, that's our yeah. catcher. All right, and you know, all right, fine. I'll forgive him offensively because I'm looking up his career stats because I'm laughing at four home runs. You know how many home runs he got last year? Now, granted, the, it was only 60 games. I'm, I'm going to go with maybe close to nine or ten. Five. Wow. Oh. <laughs> in two in 2019 was the most he's ever gotten in his career. 13. Yeah, I don't understand okay. these stats. In 2018, he got two. And in 2017, zero. 2016, two. I and let's know. remember, Pedro Severino's on a decent contract. I mean, he avoided arbitration. I think he's getting paid like 1.2, 1.5 million. It's, it's not too shabby. Pop? Yeah, why did I think he could hit the ball? Is it just- I'm right there with you. I thought that he – because I think we've seen it. And the thing that I, in the past, have liked about Pedro Severino is I feel like he's one of those guys that you have zero expectations of. Yes. And so when he comes through, and, and oddly enough, I feel like he's come through in clutch situations like today. You know, today we were behind uh, 1-0, and Pedro gets to the plate and hits a home run, and all of a sudden we're leading 2-1. to one. Right. Uh, that's, that's a spark. There were, uh, yeah. There were two moments today that made me feel good for Pedro Severino. One was his home run. The second moment was, did you, did you see the pitch that McGuire tried to catch? The, the Blue Jays catcher. Yes. And he lost his glove on the ball. Yes. I said, at least we haven't seen Pedro do that one yet. Fair, fair. To, yeah. Of an but, Orioles game, when there's a runner scored on a wild pitch, you just assume Pedro Severino had something to do with well, it. Yeah, I guess that too. Yeah. That, um, but Matt and I had this conversation uh, on 336 this week about how the catcher position has changed. And we talked about this because of Adley coming up. And how you don't see power from the catching position anymore. The catching position becomes more and more about defense. Because and pitch framing. And pitch framing. And because if your guy has a lot of pop, you start getting concerned about his knees. So you move him out to first base. Because they're already starting to have that conversation about Adley. About, well, maybe he shares catching and plays some first base. And maybe DH is right. as often as possible. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, when we were younger and going through high school and stuff, Catcher's where you had the big power. That's where you had Piazza. That's where you had, uh, what's his name for the Cardinals? Uh, that's where you, you had power behind the plate. Right. 
So even for the Orioles, you had Chris Hoyles, you had Mickey Tettleton, you had guys there that could hit the ball. And it's not that way anymore. So I, I, I tell you what, when we look at the, you know, you look at the box score, are you surprised to see that it was, you know, Ramon Urias who had two hits? It was Pat Valeka who had two hits, um, you know, Pedro Severino with the two RBIs. Uh, it was nice to see Anthony Santander come back with uh, with a nice two-run shot. Uh, and then Cedric Mullins, of course, with a, uh, a two-run all-star Cedric Mullins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a, a deservingly all-star, not a Ty Wigginton situation. Absolutely. He's a guy that totally deserves to be an all-star. And we saw it on uh, Sunday with his pop. We saw it tonight with him get a hold of some balls. Uh so, I guess, but it's also, I, I'm starting to feel, I'm so tired of Pat, Pat Valeka. So, I'm done with him completely. I don't mind this Liba kid. I'm kind of curious about him because he's shown a little bit of bright spots. And even Urias, I'm like, well, maybe he's the future, like, Ryan Flaherty type guy. Guy off the bench, utility guy that shows a little bit of he can hit the ball. I'm starting to feel a little bit about the same way about Ramon. You know, he's, I I felt like, you know, surprisingly, if you, if you looked up his numbers for, for last year in that shortened season, he only had 20 at bats, but he, they, they were good at bats. I want to say he hit over 300. Uh, And so here's the year where he actually gets a shot. Uh, You know, he's batting 291. Uh, Another two hit night tonight. He scored a run. Um, and he plays, uh, an acceptable shortstop. Yep. Um, and he's still very young given, you know, I, I feel like that defensive, uh, reflexes is something that comes with, with age. Yeah. It's experience. And, and, but I, he's also a guy who I don't want him as my everyday shortstop, but as a guy off the bench, I kind of like this guy. Who do you want as your, as your everyday shortstop? Uh, Gunnar Henderson. Okay. At, at this moment, I think I want, I think a young guy. I don't think right today there's no one that I want, so it's fine. I guess Jemai Jones would be interesting to see, but probably more at a second base position. Um, I just Every, like everybody's so clamoring like for for, uh, for for Jemai Jones um, because we want to know if he's real. Like because as Oriole fans, you know how it is. What, every time I'll we take watch anything, these guys. We're wondering, are they part of the future or are they a placeholder? And I think we learned a lot this year with DJ Stewart that he's probably not part of the future. But at the same time, McKenna has been exciting me that I like him. I'm right there with you. A part of the future. His numbers at the plate don't show great, but his speed, his defense, and the bats starting to come together. And I, I agree. I totally feel like he's a guy who was brought up too early, but that's cool. We brought up Mountcastle too early. I'm fine with bringing guys up, quote unquote, too early, because really what you're saying is you can't learn anything more at AAA. It's time to learn up here. And look, these guys are, are at that age. I mean, Mountcastle's 25 years old. I'm not sure exactly how old uh, some of these other guys, Jami Jones. I think he's 22, maybe, if I looked yeah, up. Uh, I thought he was 24. I think he's a little older. Okay. Okay. So again, that's the age where, look, if uh, you, know, you probably should have been up, if you were really good, you probably should have been up a year or two ago. Um, right, but, but we're talking, but we started this show. We're talking about how excited we are about Watkins, a guy who yes. was about out of baseball this season, very similar to John means we're ready to walk away from the game. And now he's starting to make a difference. 
Are are we in the same immediate love fest with uh, with Spencer Watkins that we were with uh, Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer last year and their four appearances Uh, that we were already penciling them in as a starter next year? Uh, Keegan Aiken hurts and Dean Kramer hurts. Any of these guys that were like supposed to be like the new cavalry hurts because Aiken, like I mentioned, DJ. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Stuart, we learned a lot this year. We learned a lot about Aikens, too, and it's not very positive. So I don't know. I really don't know what to take about Aikens and Lothar and uh, these type of guys that came up, did a little bit. Uh, and Zim, even like a guy like Zimmerman, I don't know what to take from these guys. Did you see the stat this weekend about the Orioles' schedule and how we've only had 11 games this season against teams under 500? It's the least amount in all of baseball. I did see that. Yes. Um, and we have more wins against teams at 500 or better than anyone in the NL West. Do, so so let's let's talk about that for a sec. Do you feel so? Do you feel that we've been in close in a lot of games? And do you feel that those are games that are just fifty fifty games? I mean, we saw two of those games, uh, you know, this last uh, weekend with the Angels. Yeah. Um, do you put any of this on Hyde? Do you do you feel like some of the blame belongs on Hyde? A tiny bit. There's been very little that I disagree with Hyde, and obviously. Most of the time, I can forgive Hyde by saying, "Look at what he has to work with." He's got. I think Hyde has said that as well. <laughs> I mean, but I look at this, and it's also like this team is supposed to be really bad, and we're in these games, and we're and we're in what you would call a fifty-fifty game. Like we had opportunities to win two out of three in Los Angeles. We were on pace to win and blew them at the end. Um. That's exciting, especially for a team that's not supposed to win this year. It gives me hope for next year uh, to start to turn this around. But at the same time, it's where I struggle looking at this team to see all right, who's still here next year. Well, hold on. And- before, before we jump to next year. You know, it, it is the all-star break where, you know, the, the somewhat little bit more than a little bit less than halfway point. Right. Um, still all-star break, 85 do, games in. Do you have any any hopes, aspirations for uh, for, for the second half of the season? I mean, let, let's look. How many games do we have for the second half? Can you uh, do the math? I mean, it'll be after all-star break. It'll be like my 70, math, it'll be 72. Like 72. 72 is what my math says. So that 72 games. Me. How yep, many right. how many wins do you think? 69. <laughs> uh, no, uh, 72 games. I'm going to say 30. 30 wins. 30 and 42. Which will put us on pace at, let's see, where are, what are our numbers right now? We have 28 wins, so that would put us at 58 wins, which sucks. I'd really like to get to that 63. But the truth is, I think we're going to be a 100-loss team. 
Ooh. So you think so? Do you think that we we pretty much um, stay the same as we are now? That maybe even a, a slight decline for the second half? No, I know. I I think uh, thirty wins is a slight increase. Yep, you're right. But just barely. And I think I think it's because there's some things that are clicking. I had no. If you bet me in at the end of April that Cedric Mullins was going to be keeping this up in July, I would have said there's no way. I would have put money down that he was could not keep this pace up. And, I mean, he's still over 300. He's 317 coming out of tonight's game. He is still leading the AL in hits at 102. Now, right behind him is Vlad Guerrero at 101. But still, I did not think he could keep this pace up. I love that he's an all-star. It's exciting for him. I take the fact of going in as a reserve, I, t- I was saying I think that's even more impressive because that p- selection is picked by other managers and players and stuff. Not talent, those talent. Contests. Absolutely. Now, yeah, they had to pick someone from the Orioles, but he clearly deserved it. Um, here's what I want to see. I want to see for this second half the future more. I want to see Mullins continue to play. I'm curious, really, and you know, I don't know why I said went up when really they're probably going to be a little downswing because I really feel like someone's getting traded. Elias isn't going to just sit still and let this pass. Are, are we pretty, are, are we pretty just, uh, I've made up, I've come to terms with the fact that Trey Mancini will no longer be a Baltimore Oriole after the trade deadline. Have you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Here's my fear. That Cedric Mullins is the guy that gets traded. Because we have lots of outfielders. You could easily trade Cedric Mullins and say McKenna is going to be your center fielder of the future with Hayes. And you could even trade Mullins and Santander and say, no, we're going to do an outfield of uh, Hayes, McKenna, and uh, one of these guys down at the minors. Use Nail Diaz. That's who we we, we thought for a long time. And, th- and that's part of why what I want to see after the All-Star break, and I guess especially rolling into September, is I want to see Diaz come up here. I want to see if he's a major league player. I don't I, – I'm done with Stewart. I've seen enough from him for now. There's little things I still like about Stewart. He's sneaky fast. He's got a good approach at the plate, but he hasn't proven to me that he can be an everyday outfielder. So I, I absolutely agree there. And bring Diaz up. Let's see what Diaz can do because I am thinking all about the future right now. And I've got major concerns about the fact that all these pitchers that we brought up have not been impressive. That's a big concern about the future. But You're talking about Zach Lothar. You're talking about – we still haven't seen AJ. Michael – yeah, Michael Bauman no. we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen him yet? No. I think he was hurt and – um Oh, so you're not you're not considering Thomas Eshelman a um a, you know a part of our future rotation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, he's in that list too. Um, and I know we haven't seen. I mean, come on, Grayson Rodriguez looks outstanding in Bowie. I get that. DL Hall looks great. John Means still looks good. I trust that. But these other guys, it takes five men to fill a rotation. Here's my thought. I I feel like we're at an interesting point and maybe I'm overblowing the situation, but you know, I think that it's going to be interesting to see what these guys do, especially during the second half where it's almost a new game where 
Okay, no more, no more uh, foreign substances. Nothing on your hands. We're gonna go out there and check. I feel like this is drastic, gonna drastically change how some of these pitchers throw the ball, and we're gonna see uh, a big difference. You know, guys um, like Garrett Cole, we started to see. Maybe we might see a little bit different. Uh, John Means. I think we have seen a little bit of a different in, difference in Paul Fry. Yeah, maybe. James is making up a good point that all the pitchers we've seen in 2021 have been Duquette guys, and we haven't seen Elias uh, pitchers yet, and that's true, and I get that. Um, but some of Duquette guys are going to have to work out for this team to rebuild and be back in 2023. And I really don't want to wait till 2027. I, I, oh, need, God, no. I, need, I need this team to be a competitive team next year. Not playoff competitive, but 500 ball competitive. So I know that Michael Elias hasn't really kind of made any commitments or made many public statements, but do you feel like he is, you know, he's kind of gone out there and, and he's been a bit of the punchy mag of, look, this is going to take some time. Right. We're not set up to win right now. But what is the expectation for, you know, the average, you know, guy in Baltimore of, is it, is it, no, probably not 2022, but is it 2023? Do you think that, I, you know, I think I, I'm sticking with this 2023 is when we make a push for the playoffs. So if he I trades think, somebody like think, Cedric Mullins, is that a is that an indication that he believes in 2023 or he's thinking even longer? No. I think if he trades if he trades Mullins, he's thinking later. That would be my guess. But it's also I don't think he trades Mullins unless he gets an outstanding offer back of guys that might be ready in 2023. Um and there's also, let's be honest, Mullins showed it this year. So there's also the talk of, did he show enough that you trust him for the next two years? Or is this, uh, he's just having a great year, let's trade him while he's hot. And I understand, it's a tough decision to make with Mullins. Absolutely um, agree. Who else do you think, who else do you think we're going to say goodbye to here in the next couple of weeks? Mancini's an interesting one because he looks great, and I haven't looked at what teams could use a first baseman. San Diego Padres. Yeah, they could. That's who I'm guessing. They're they're, yeah. they're set for a playoff run. Uh, oh, I hear I, uh, I hear Mancini is renting, not owning currently <laughs> his home. So I think uh, smart guy, that smart be, guy. That might be part of what's going on. Um, if they do not trade him at the trade deadline, then I assume that means they're going to try to sign him long term. Um, I think Santander, especially as he's, if he gets hot over these next couple of weeks, like we're seeing this week where he's starting to hit the ball well, teams always need outfielders. So we I just think, we just saw the the the, Cal, the Angels. I think the Los Angeles Angels, the California Angels, the yeah, Southern the California Los Angeles, Angels, the Los Angeles. An, but Angels they're no longer of, the Los Angeles of no, Anaheim. No, they're no longer. They've dropped the Anaheim. I think now it's just the Los Angeles. Uh, uh, I don't know. I but they had no outfielders either. I, I was Trout actually hurt. Well, Trout was hurt. Somebody else. Was, I, I thought that, you know, the Orioles might leave with a trade done and one of our outfielders might be staying behind. But again, the Angels aren't in a position where it looks like they're going to make a playoff run. Um, it looks like the Padres have Hosmer signed to a long term contract. Um and Hosmer has not been playing well. Uh, so it would be interesting to see if they would bring, be willing to bring in somebody like Trey Mancini, who, you know, essentially a one-year rental. 
Yeah, I mean, but those are the only three guys I see. Mullins, Mancini, Santander. I, uh, Paul Fry? I guess. Sure. Maybe. Again, the I only mean, one of those guys that you're going to get anything from him. And again, what what the organization wants to see is uh, a prospect in return. And Mancini uh-huh. or, or Mullins are going to be your – or John Means. Uh, and John Means is, I think, a consideration. Yes, you know, yes. He, those are the only hurt. three guys that could get you a prospect in return. I and I think that maybe I don't think that Mancini gets you a top ten prospect. I mean, maybe I think, a top ten on somebody's team. I think I think for any of those guys, you get one, at least one, top ten in your organization. And I think. For a guy like Mullins and the summer he's having, you get two in that top ten. Mancini's interesting because there's a lot of emotion into that trade where you're, there's no one who's going to value Mancini as much as the Orioles. So the Orioles might be expecting two top tens, but I really don't think they'd get that. I think they'd get like a number one and a number 15 or like a, someone in the top ten, not a number one, like a number five right. and a number 15 right. uh, type thing. So I think the other thing that's going to be interesting is we've got this draft on Sunday to see how Elias drafts there. If you want to look at the future and see what he's thinking, let's see if he goes after college players or if he goes after high school players. That's That's also an interesting way to look at what timeline he's trying to lay out. Absolutely. I haven't thought of it that way. So, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. But how much fun was it just to see a good Orioles win tonight? Oh, to see us put some runs on the board, to see yeah. us knock some other pitchers around, uh, to see our guys pitch extremely well. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's one of those games that I wish I could attend because, you know, you, you, you hate me at the games where uh, we get beat I, up real bad. Uh, yeah. That looked like a lot of fun. Oh, I saw so many pictures on Facebook tonight of friends at the game, and I was so jealous. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great game to attend. So, yeah. Uh, we gave up five runs, but it's the Blue Jays. It's what they do. We know we know the Orioles need to score seven, eight runs to win ball games, and they did that tonight. Uh, so tomorrow, we host the Blue Jays again, and it's uh, what's how do you say this guy's name? Ryu. Yes, Ayan Jin Ryu. I'm sure Ryu. I totally screwed that up, but I know how to say this guy's name. Matt Harvey takes the rubber for the Orioles. The Dark Knight. And right when I was writing Matt Harvey off and giving up on him. I've been happy with him his last two starts. I, I am the exact same way. Um, I have I, I lowered so my expectations. Yeah. And again, I feel like with Matt, I feel like with a lot of these guys, like, you know, you just want five innings uh, and three runs, you know, and, and then yeah. it's a, uh, it's a coin toss, uh, coin toss. You send it over to your bullpen uh, and and see what you know, guys like Tyler Wells and um, you know Dylan Tate can do. You know, maybe Plutko comes in for two innings, but you know, look if he can give us five runs or uh, five innings and three runs, I'll take it. Yeah, I totally agree. The whole key is put your team in a position where they can win. Put, put it where if you're giving up three runs, I bl- if you hold a team to three runs and you lose that game, I blame your lineup. Not Absolutely. Either. I'm right there with you. That's, you know, look, you, you got to be able to score five, six runs uh, to win a game. Um, and the Orioles, unfortunately, have not done that too many times, uh, especially when Harvey's been on the mound. So I feel like the guys 
uh, Owen one. So we'll see if that comes due tomorrow. Yeah. All right, Cody. Well, thanks for uh, hopping on here. Hey, absolutely. Uh, tomorrow, the Orioles play again. Will there be a Birdland tonight? I'm going to say a big maybe out there. Uh, I've, I'm not able to do it tomorrow night, but I also have a hurricane or tropical storm Elsa coming through tomorrow morning. Ooh. So that might suddenly free up my evening uh, <laughs> to cancel my softball games, which will put me right here for some Birdland tonight tomorrow. But nice. Either way, make sure you are continue to follow us on Birdland tonight. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, check out uh, I Just Like the Duck podcast. Check out Section 336 podcast. Leave ratings and reviews. Five stars on all that stuff. Uh, anything else I got to get out there, Cody? No, you nailed it. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you again soon.